Hi, I'm Shiv. And I'm Chitra. We are the co-hosts of this show, Software People Stories. We are happy to bring you stories of people associated with software as makers or consumers. In every episode, we talk to people on their own personal and professional journeys, their interests and approach to work and life in a free-flowing conversational format. We hope that you will be able to draw your inspiration from their experiences and insights. These podcasts are made possible by PM Power Consulting, who have helped individuals, teams, and organizations on their delivery excellence journeys. In a freewheeling conversation with my colleague Vasu from PM Power Consulting, he shares his experiences starting with a career in Tata Steel, building software products when he was at Wipro and Novell, and how he became a coach. Listen on as he reveals interesting nuggets while going back and forth between past and present experiences. Thank you, Vasu, and a very warm welcome to you to this episode of the Software People Stories. It's wonderful to have a fellow PM Parian share their stories. So how did you start on this journey of software development? Where did it all begin? So it was like most people from my generation, I think. Uh, it was an accidental journey. So uh, what happened is that when I was in my final year, you actually have a lot of companies come and interview. So in my particular final year, there was a big change that companies, software companies used to come and pick just one or two people. Uh, but this, in my year, they actually picked 25 of them. So there was a big, uh, you know, interest in doing software development. And then it so happened that I, I also uh, qualified in one of the interviews and started my career at Tata Steel, Jamshedpur, working on uh, Burroughs mainframes. So it was an accidental start. Though I had done a few courses in my fourth year and final year on computers, uh, I had not decided which way to go. But since this opportunity came up, I got started on this. Oh, thank you. What was it about mainframes and uh, how did that journey evolve while you were at Tata Steel? And then where did you go from there? Yeah, okay. So it's interesting. I started my work at Tata Steel as an operations person, so which was like a little bit disappointing. So we were actually expected to start the machine, stop the machine. And then in those days, we used to have disk drives and tapes. We are expected to mount those disk drives and tapes. So we were very unhappy. We thought that we'll be doing some programming and developing some systems. And then Tata still, I understood later on, were worried because the computers were new and they thought that we should have actually qualified people who can man that. So very soon, because of uh, this interest and then you know this aspiration shifted to doing programming and started working on various systems and uh, in those days what actually stuck to me was like couple of examples which was given by my department head so he was telling that what is the benefit that you can get by computerization how do we make a difference so i don't know uh, it was like many many years back even before i started working there was a big railway strike so the example, the 
Tisco head of the Department of Data Processing, as we used to call it, told, is that when that happened, because we were computerized, we were able to print all the invoices, paperwork, etc., for trucks. Actually, what you do for a train, you have to do multiple times, and we did not have any impact. So that was the benefit he shared at the time of computerization, which actually, you know, I felt like, yeah, that that's something which is good. And the other thing is, they used to have something called a prop. So plant operation report. So it used to be a 132 column report, one sheet, which used to actually cap capture all the statistics of all the smelters, plants, and you know different units of Tisco, uh, uh, Tata Steel, and then present it to the top management. So I saw that like how that information is so critical, and then you know if that report doesn't go on time, all hell would break loose. So that's how I it started, and then you know I like realized the benefits of computerization, and and you know how it impacts the people in the organization, how it helps them manage the organization better. That's really fascinating. Uh, the two thoughts that actually came to my mind was a fantastic example of going digital and the perhaps a very good example of data management in some sense, right? A 132 column report. I wonder how big the sheet of paper was. Yeah, it would be like, see what you can, I I can make a guess what you have as A4 would be slightly smaller than 80 column. So you can make it like another uh, maybe one and a half between one and a half to two times of the A4 width. That's what it is. I think I still see this compute, this printers in many old banks and all. They still have this. And I think if you are an SBI account holder, your passbook may be getting printed on something like this in some of the branches. That's interesting. Maybe next time I step into a bank, I'll make sure that I pay attention to this. So what happened after that, Vasu? Where did you go? Yeah. So after that, so once I got uh, introduced into software and programming, so the next step as it happens was like, I, I did not want to continue working in Jamshedpur. Bangalore being my hometown where I was just, uh, where I, I was there for my schooling till my fourth standard, I wanted to come back here and I started looking for opportunities. So then, you know, even when I was in, uh, even when I was at college, we used to actually have advertisements from Wipro come in the magazines and it would have actually the background would be like the banded thing which appears on a computer printout for the line printers. So I had heard about Wipro and I heard that they were doing very good work. And a couple of my friends had moved here and then they said the work is really interesting. They are developing products. They are doing new things. So I wanted to get a better job and also shift to my hometown and I joined Wipro. It happened pretty casually. I just came to visit my grandparents and then I just dropped into my Wipro office to meet my friends and I happened to meet his manager and you know immediately I, I think there was another call and then I was like up and ready to go work at Wipro. So what were some of your early days at Wipro like? Did you work on products? Did you write software? Uh, what were those experiences like? Yeah, it was like a big change. Uh, I was developing systems for internal use at Tata Steel. Here we are developing products. So what was uh, what hit me is that, you know, like we have to make many tries to get a successful product. 
so uh, initial days initial years i would say is that we worked on multiple things we used to generate ideas we used to try to make it into a product and then one more thing which happened was that uh, the ibm pc was introduced and then if i remember right the very first ibm pc manufactured in india was purchased by wipro and then the direction was that let's try to create products for the ibm mainframes so we actually as a organization had our own version of uh, word our own version of excel we used to call it lotus 1 2 3 we used to have something for database and then we used to have something in the accounting area so this was the regular products plus we used to try to do something which will be innovative and then you know we used to feel that if you get a product on the ibm pc then volumes will be huge and then you will make a lot of uh, revenue so it was product development it was frustrating and uh, because you know we used to create a lot of products and then not all of them would succeed some had mild success some had greater success but eventually with collaboration or with uh, a key idea coming from a person in the us we were able to create a product called instaplan which was the project management package for the ibm pcs and the uh, and the unique factor about that was like any other product management package was costing in the order of $3000 and we were selling this in the range of $150 so that was one of the major successes we had when we were developing products at uh, wipro so is it fair to say that you were perhaps ahead of microsoft <laughs> that's an interesting question no microsoft was uh, there because you know they used to develop the operating system right we our products would use ms dos or like the disk operating system but yeah i mean uh, if you say that uh, the key folks from wipro uh, what happened actually was like uh, many of the people at wipro uh, i think about seven to eight of them were hired by microsoft and they went there and developed products and i think uh, after that i should say they were able to do a better project management package and uh, you know if you see ms project currently it has some of my old team members working on it and they are the chief architects there and they manage the whole project yeah so some of the talent from here went there but of course they were also developing products and you know uh, we had no competition to ms word and things like that but yeah so so what what were some of the takeaways and lessons from this product development experience that you have had and can perhaps share with some of our listeners yeah basically one thing i would like to share is that you know we were very excited about products we are excited about operating systems and then i also started growing up in my career and getting lesser technical and more managerial and but i was not very comfortable with it but then there is one incident which stays in my mind uh, which actually uh, kind of uh, <laughs> set i mean help me uh, get settled to what i am doing so Uh, we used to do a lot of work for unix system labs and then you know we heard that there is a person from unix system labs who has come to wipro and he's going to give a talk so his talk was in some hotel it was scheduled at 2 o'clock and we came to know very late so we actually requested him to start, start the talk at 3 o'clock and we all rushed to listen to him and then you know i thought that i'll be 
I'll be learning about Unix internals and all that great stuff. So the person who was speaking was a leader and a manager. So he asked all of us a question. So what is the key ingredient in software? So we all said all sorts of things. So maybe it's a pre precursor to something similar to what Vishu asks in his things about what is software. So then the answer which he actually revealed or which from us is that people. So he said that if you want to do good software development, you have to focus on people because people are the ones who develop software. So, you know, I remember, you know, feeling like walking out of that thing, saying that <laughs> what is he talking about? But then, you know, suddenly, slowly it dawned on me that what he says is very true. You cannot keep on writing code forever. You have to actually encourage others to write and show that they do the good job. So that was like one, one incident which actually stays in my mind. And then, you know, I said, yeah. So basically if you have wanted to do good software you have to have good people they should be motivated because they are the ones creating creating the product and of course you need to go out and get the ideas and then one of the challenges uh, we have been facing for product development subsequently i moved to novel and you're also familiar with what was happening there was like that uh, to give what needs to be developed. So we used to have inbound product management, outbound product management. The key challenge we face in India is knowing what should be the feature set, what should be the roadmap. Uh, this information you have to get from your customers. Most of the time customers are based in the US more than in India because products typically sell there more and get revenue. So that's one of the challenges face. Uh, once that is there, the next thing you have to deal with is ensuring that you have the right team and they are able to deliver whatever you are set out to do. So, you know, on the, on the topic of customers and interacting with them so that, you know, product mm -hmm. managers and engineers get the right kind of inputs at the right time, uh, I can mm -hmm. completely resonate with that challenge. How, mm -hmm. in your experience, did you deal with this challenge and what worked for you? Yeah, Basically, this was a challenge and, you know, it was not that we were able to solve it very well. But we used to have channels to actually the product owners and then their access to their customer base. Uh, what we also used to try to do is whenever anybody is traveling abroad for whatever reason, make sure they visit a few customers without any agenda, go there and understanding, understand what they are doing, what their challenges are. And then also like uh, one key area where you can get a lot of feedback is the kind of issues and defects that are raised against your products. So uh, that is one thing which gives you a lot of insight on what customers are trying to do and what, what problem they are facing. Besides that, you know, staying in touch with the, with the interface who are actually dealing with the customers. So uh, I started actually ensuring that I sync up with them either once in two weeks or once in a month and understand what is happening. Ensuring that whenever my team is close to the customer, they get an opportunity to meet them and understand what their problems are. And again, whatever feedback comes to you in whatever form is a good input on what they would like to see in the product and what challenges they are facing. That's some good lessons for people. And not to get discouraged because I've also seen many people get discouraged saying that I really don't have an opportunity to meet customers, you know, to sort of give up halfway. So I hope this is helpful for some of our listeners. Yeah, that is correct. And one more thing we used to do is like uh, even in my initial days at Wipro and subsequently later, uh, in, uh, we used to actually look at cost competitive products. 
okay sometimes we used to buy and then we used to use them and then sometimes you know we used to take evaluation copy and look at them that is to give you some other kind of inputs on what is happening in your area of product so uh, we remember like uh, we used to go for a computer show i forget the name of that show but then we used to come back with lot of brochures and lot of demo software and then you know as soon as the they come back they they would distribute this to everybody in the team and we would go and start looking at what the products are doing what the brochures are talking about like how how better they are compared to our products so looking at competition their product their evaluation software or even buying them and using them also helps definitely i mean these are some of the methods that i remember we used to employ at novel and some of the later companies that i also worked at procure competitive products install them see how they work with or against our products and then try and derive some good competitive insights from it to help us you know to develop products better yeah this this is something that i remember too vasu you, you know i know that you have had long tenures in three companies mm-hmm. what has been a sticky factor for you to have stayed at each of those companies for so long Mm, that's an interesting question actually see i don't know maybe it goes with my nature so i am actually uh, kind of a very loyal person and then i put a lot of effort to make things work and then you know i i used to feel when i used to work at any organization that if i am leaving the organization then it is like i am ditching them i am doing something negative so so that's one of the reasons which actually put me stay in one place and then then you know like uh, i used to feel oh if i go then what my manager will feel what my team will feel not that they would miss me a lot they would miss me a lot or anything like that but i used to have that feeling but then the only thing which prompted me to step out is when you know, you know i remember like one day i came home and then you know my parents told me that you know there's a bouquet for you so i was like wondering why somebody has sent me a bouquet and this was like after i completed 10 years in wipro systems limited so then i saw it was from my from my president and he said congratulations for completing 10 years and all the hard work so that was a trigger for me i thought oh i think now i think i should move on so <laughs> that's such a strange trigger <laughs> yeah it's a strange trigger and then you know again similarly if you remember the next organization we used to get a is to get the moment to like a watch after completing 5 years so that was one time when i started thinking hey i think it's time to move on and then again you have some milestones like that so basically i like try to make things work and the problem is if you try to make things work uh, seriously you are you become successful or you are able to do it and then the, what prompted me is basically ensuring that you know i don't stay in, stuck in one place so whenever i felt there was a big milestone or like you have finished 5 years 10 years you start looking at other opportunities or what you could do differently or what interests you so the other thing that i also noticed with you in the short time that i have worked very closely with you what makes you such a strong reviewer i actually i don't know what makes you a strong reviewer i i don't know it's basically uh, see some of the things you learn along the way wipro as you know they are they do very good people development they give you a whole lot of training 
so i remember like when i was going through some training they said that you know if there is a mistake in your letter or in a document you type it means that you know you yourself have not read what you expect other people to read okay so that's like disrespect for that person okay so this is something which stayed with me so you know when when i review something i know that somebody else is reviewing and then somebody else is going to read and benefit from it or you know take information away from it and if that is not accurate and if there is a mistake it doesn't reflect correctly on you it is kind of like disrespecting so that's something which uh, prompts me to do and another thing which stays with me i don't know where i learned this in one of my trainings is that uh, a simple example was given that uh, you have a meeting and 10 people are there in the meeting and you come 10 minutes late so what's the impact so basically one of the trainers i don't remember in which organization said basically you have wasted 100 minutes of your time so that's another factor which which i keep in mind even when i write email or anything like that so many times you see people send attachments and expect you to read so but i said like if you have read the attachment it is better that you take an excerpt from it and put it in the mail so that people get it why are you sending the attachment so that's another factor ensuring that the right information goes to the people so i if you put yourself in the shoes of the customer or the person who is going to read and see what will give him value what will benefit him then you automatically tend to do a better job of review is what i feel there was a tip there for me for sure vasu so thank you very much after your career with novel what made you move into the world of training and coaching see i got this feedback from many people that i am a very good observer and then you know i observe a lot of things and then you know i am very good at it okay so uh, and then i also have been told that you know it is just good to have you as an observer and get input from you so that we can know what's happening and the organization can improve okay so that that was one thing which actually help me become a better coach or start looking at coaching as an option uh, after working for uh, 10 plus years at novel i moved to a company called spike source which was doing open source software development so there it didn't work out i left after a year and i was deciding what is it that i should do next then i came i met jv and then he told me there's an opportunity to do project management training and then uh, because i had worked on microsoft project in the past and said we would like to utilize your ex- expertise on you know microsoft project time management and things like that so i said okay let me give it a try but once i came here and gave it a try i liked it very much and i started doing it and i remember like uh, when i came on board gopal mentioned one thing to me he said like when you are growing what happens is that you are an individual contributor and then you are in full control of what you do then after some time you become a tech lead you do some work but you don't have any control on what other people do you have some authority then you become a project manager and then it is even more reduced then you become a director or something it's even more reduced and when you become a consultant you have actually no hold on the people but you still have to make them do what is right make them listen to you so i like that i like that as a challenge and then i said what is it that i can do so that people listen to me then you know the, the simple answer is make them see how it is going to help them so i like that part and as part of my very first engagement at pm power we had 
training followed by coaching so when i started coaching and then you know i was able to observe what's happening in the individual in his team and able to provide inputs so that actually kept me going and i enjoyed doing that so that's basically what uh, helped me stay and enjoy what i am doing thanks vasu so what is it that makes a good observer it's a it's a valuable trait uh, a valuable skill for consultants and coaches to nurture so what makes a good observer in your opinion or in your experience yeah i think like uh, one thing is like you should be a bit curious about what is happening and then you know be open to observing what is happening without putting your value judgment okay so it's i think you it's something you you have to like to do it and uh, as long as you are curious and as long as uh, you are open to seeing different points of view or different perspectives uh, you will see you you will enjoy doing this because every time you see something you will see people behaving in different way the same person behaving in a different way in different context so and then yeah the other thing is like you also do this because you genuinely want to help the person so whoever you are coaching whoever you are working with you want to help them if you want to help them basically you know you have to get some data points get some information and that information gets you you can get by observing them so if you have the intent that i want to help this person then first you have to understand that person and when you have this intent then automatically you tend to become a good observer because there is a goal for your observation that's a good tip for people at least wanting to consider a line of coaching what have been some standout moments from so many years of coaching and training people yeah actually so you will get feedback okay and then actually i remember that uh, when i was transitioning from one role to another so my my manager was a person by name atanu banerji he was at wipro and he was my senior at my college uh, but i did not know him he was pretty much senior to him so he used to tell a lot of things and i used to get very impressed with him so then you know i went and told him sir i learned a lot from you i really thank you so then he said something very simple and you know uh, which still stays with me he says uh, vasu it's like this if it was not me it would be somebody else the thing is you are actually willing to listen you are willing to absorb that's why it is happening and then i'm I, it's not that i want to just put it down or you know be little this or you know uh, not say this is a great thing so everybody will get a teacher along the way the time has to be right and the context has to be right you just have to look for it and it will automatically happen so many times so that was very interesting so it's basically you understand that a coach cannot make an impact unless the coach is willing to absorb and then he has to take certain knocks and he has to be at a certain stage in his life and career to listen to you so it is just that match happens so you are willing to show the way and the other person is willing to accept your way and give it a try so it's basically this so continuously when you are coaching you have to look for that when is the person ready to listen to you when he thinks that uh, i know he is in a receptive mode and you can get him into receptive mode to some extent but otherwise it has to happen on his own so that's many times people come and tell me that you know they benefited a lot from me they really learned a lot and every time i repeat whatever my 
senior atanu told me long back so it was basically you are ready to listen you are at the right time and you found me if it was not me you would have found somebody else so it it just happens for everybody you don't have to worry okay that's a that's a simple enough message you know how is it that uh, people can actually take away this message or either be an effective coach or even be coached a lot of people keep looking for you know a guru or a teacher or a role model and uh, somehow come into this whole uh, journey of uh, you know getting engaged with a coach but yet many people feel that you know if uh, they have some sort of a perception about coaching if they are nominated for coaching Uh, then they feel that something is wrong with them or they are not performing correctly so have you had such experiences and how have you been able to sort of turn people around in terms of how they accept coaching i understand that this is very contrarian to what you just said but i'm curious mm-hmm. if you had such an experience and how you were able to turn it around yeah actually that's a that's a good question and then it it's at times challenging but uh, it so happened that whenever i was coaching either the coaching was kind of tagged along with a project management workshop and it was said that basically subsequent to this workshop you have this coaching interactions which will help you ensure that you apply what you learned on the job so it was that that kind of uh, you know um, that kind of feeling that why am i picked up for coaching was not there and even when you look at agile coaching it's basically it's pretty much accepted that a coach has to be there so i have not encountered situations where you know coaching uh, like they did not want to be coached yeah there are some cases where people are averse to it so then basically see one of the things i try to tell them is like this that you know i am a coach your organization is spending some money on me and i am available to you okay it's up to you whether you want to make use of me or not and if you make use of me you benefit if you don't make use then it goes away but just consider that it's like there is something available to you what is it that you can do so that you can leverage that and it doesn't matter you know whether if you don't leverage you don't lose anything but you don't gain so that's something so many times actually uh, and i also like subtly put in that your organization is organization is unique in identifying a coach this is not something which every organization provides so you are privileged it's something different you can actually check it out with your peers is anybody getting this kind of support and the other angle i bring in is like which is related to what gopal told me is like even though as a coach you will not have any you know hold on them but the advantage you get is that you are neutral you don't have any axe to grind you are not giving doing their performance review or deciding their inc- increments so what you say will be better heard so these are some of the things i try to share with them and i think most of the times it works because they they realize that you know it's something they can leverage it is something unique they are getting it's coaching is not something which every organization provides for everybody and then providing this perspective that you have nothing to gain nothing to lose and it's not like i'm your manager so these things sometimes helps but there are cases when you know even you do this then the person is not still interested but you cannot help it in such cases yeah that that was an interesting perspective so yeah i wish sometimes i'm thinking that you know maybe if people just were coaching each other rather than having a formalized structure maybe things would have been different in the world i wonder 
Yeah, that that's a very good point actually. When when actually I am coaching uh, the scrum masters and all, so it's luckily like we have a we have a concept called a scrum master cohort. Okay, so wherein what happens is that uh, we get to interact with a few scrum masters who are not being coached by you; they are being coached by others. Okay, so then what I see is like you know they come and then say this is the problem I am having. and then what i do is like i keep quiet i say okay can anybody else like try to answer this question or deal with it and at many times even though the other scrum master has not faced that situation they are able to come up with solutions so then then you know uh, what i also found is that instead of a coach telling something may work another peer telling that this is something which will work uh, has more value because it's in the context of that organization so definitely like as you know like wherever we are doing this coaching we try to create a community of practice so i encourage that actually many times when a problem is being faced i encourage them to go and talk to other people and you know listen to them so they though, though sometimes they say why should i do it but then always they come back and say yeah it's good so that's that's something which we should do actually help talking to each other sharing their issues and then you know learning lessons from each other is a very good point i think that's a very very interesting point vasu in fact we should look at you know maybe perhaps having more podcasts about this topic learning through communities and peer learning and sharing i wonder if that will make a difference in perhaps even an education system or a learning system uh, there's so much power to it there's so much more acceptance with it rather than a formalized structured way of learning not to discount that completely but would be nice yeah, if it can be complemented with yeah i think certainly it's something which we should do and i feel some of the organizations organizations are doing it to some extent so what happens is like this it is easy to get started it is easy to go for some time so sustenance is the challenge so you have to do something to actually sustain it so 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 like i i remember one of the common coaching communities of practice i found that you know people were kind of not coming to the meeting or the the participation had decreased so i just i just asked the vp to just walk in for a meeting okay so like he just came in for a meeting and then of course participation was low but then one one people heard that he had come then the thing went up it is basically like they felt it's important because he is coming and spending one hour so sometimes it works then again after 6 months it was going down you have to try something different so, so creating this and getting started is easy sustaining it is is a challenge which you have to keep working at Nice, nice, Vasu. Thank you. So, outside of work, what is it that you know you really enjoy doing? Yeah, basically, I like to read a lot. Uh, of course, off late, I am not able to read, but then you know, I like reading a lot and then uh, traveling, and I like to travel to nearby places so that I can drive my car and put all my luggage in it without having to pack it. So that's something I like to do. So off late, reading has come down, but travel is happening. reading and traveling all time favorites aren't they so as we come towards the end of our interesting conversation is there a message or any tips that you'd like to leave for our listeners yeah actually uh, yeah what i would uh, like to uh, say is uh, like something in the area of communication and interaction so along with doing schedule management i used to also do communication 
so one of the things i learned is like you know when you are communicating a lot of things gets picked up even you know without your logical brain processing so like uh, your your emotions like the mood you are in etc so uh, and this is like processed by your reptilian brain and you don't have to spend any cycles on it so because of this one thing i always tell is that whenever you are interacting with somebody else you have to be very clear about the intent so if you are trying to fake it if you are just trying to be nice to a person and trying to pretend that you are helpful they will catch they will catch even without their logical mind coming into picture so be clear about your intent and then you will succeed okay so that's something i'd leave out to so you 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 have to be genuine so if you feel that you don't have to you are not able to help somebody don't interact with him if you go and try to pretend that you are helping it will be caught and if you are genuinely helping that message will go through and you'll be able to give uh, any message which you think may not be accepted by the other person but if your intent is clear you will be able to pass that message across to the other person that was a very simple yet very very helpful message for us so thank you so much it's been wonderful having this conversation with you i am looking forward to more conversations and perhaps more podcasts on specific topics or anything that you would be interested in sharing thank you so much for your time yeah thank you chitra it was very interesting session and helped me revive some of my old memories thank you thank you bye 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 If you like the show and would like to share your experiences with the community or know someone else who might want to do that please get in touch with us at podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com there is podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com please rate the show on podchaser stitcher iTunes or any other podcast client that you find us on please also share our episodes with your friends and others in your network if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on our show do write to us at this email address podcasts@pm-powerconsulting.com